Jack walked into the law office not with an appointment, but with an insouciance of a man who knew the receptionist would brighten at the mere sight of him. Nellie, the beleaguered secretary who took care of Cornelius, looked appreciatively at Jack. I'm Jack Brewster. I remember you, the Pinkerton detective. I've seen Pinkerton detective agencies' advertisements in the San Diego Union. Do you really never sleep? Yes, ma'am. There's no rest for the wicked. Cornelius is just finishing up with a client if you'd like to wait. She gestured towards one of the overstuffed armchairs in the lobby. Jack smiled with the self-assurance of a man accustomed to getting what he wants from women and said, I'll just wait in Charles' office. Nellie, like a poodle, eagerly led the way. Can I get you some coffee, Mr. Brewster? I'm good, thanks. Really? No, I'm anything but good. I'll just be a few minutes. Jack stared at the Persian carpet. He looked at the photographs on Charles Hall's desk. A big photograph of Grace with an equally beautiful woman, undoubtedly her mother, dominated. A smaller picture of Alice, scowling in a fur coat, was on the side of the desk. He pulled out the top drawer. Cigars, a check register, train schedule to Los Angeles, ferry schedule to Coronado, a whiskey flask, and breath mints. The chair felt comfortable, at a height that imbued power. Why would a man with a setup like this off himself? And what happened to Grace's trust money? Charles' partner, looking perturbed at being kept from his lunch, told the cops it didn't appear that anything was missing. Does he have any enemies? He's a lawyer. We have plenty of enemies, Cornelius told them. Well, that narrows it down, said Jack. Damn shame. He'd seen Charles around Tent City, while his snooty wife remained around the Hotel del Coronado, blue blood nose up in the air. For a lawyer, he had a certain charm, and Charles suspected he had the rare gift of making his clients like their bills, and the even rarer gift of liking paying their lawyer's bills. So who would off him? He had a feeling this wasn't going to be an easy one. I just returned from court. Who would have gone through the files? Jack looked at the papers strewn around the office. Actually, that could really easily have been Charles himself. He was never particularly organized. And he went through secretaries like tired horses in a relay race. Want to check your petty cash? I already did. It's all there. Jack picked up and quickly put down a book on property law. I might kill myself if this is all I had to read. Legal research was never Charles' forte. He didn't read the law all that often, but he did well, Cornelius said. He died in his prime, Jack said. Well, I'm going to get a bite. Cornelius nodded, pulling out a gold card case and handing a business card to Jack. Call me if you need anything, or if you'd like to join me, I'll be at the grill. Here at the U.S. Grant. Right. I dine most days at noon. Creature of habit, I'm afraid. Feel free to drop by. Cornelius looked around. I need to get the girls in to clean this place. He stepped around his partner's dead body and left. Wait a minute. Jack stopped him. Sure I can't get you anything? Nellie popped her head in the door, looked briefly at Cornelius before her gaze rested on Jack's visage. Coffee with sugar.
Who would want Charles dead? Who wouldn't? Cornelia shrugged. His niece. True. Classy doll. Jack felt vaguely irritated. He wasn't sure he liked anyone but himself calling Grace a doll. Disgruntled clients. No more than usual. He had an antagonistic way about him sometimes. How did you get to be partners? We met in law school at USC. We used to take the ferry from the port of Los Angeles to San Diego on the weekend. Got to know a lot of saloon girls. There weren't many lawyers around here. Just got on a ferry after the bar exam. Went to a saloon, drank, and never left town.